find a project that you're you're you really feel passionately about because if you're really passionate to make it you will find a way to make it and you won't give up Welcome to Best in Fest. I'm Leslie Lepage. I am the director of the La Femme International Film Festival, and this is a podcast for everyone who wants to learn more about making content for television, film, animation, anything that has to do with entertainment. Today, I'm super happy to have a very good friend of mine on, Julia Verdon. She's amazing because she is truly a multi-hyphenate. She's an accomplished producer, award-winning director. She is a writer. She has a, a wonderful project we're going to talk about later on in the podcast um, that's currently going through the festival circuit. She's got 36 critically acclaimed uh, feature films produced to date, and the number is still going up. She has um, produced Two Jacks, directed by a Bernard Rose. She's done the Merchant of Venice, which was uh, released by Sony Pictures Classics, directed by Michael Radford, starring Al Pacino and Jeremy Irons. Uh, the Least Among You was a, another Lionsgate release starring Lou Gossett Jr. and Lauren Hawley. Her films have um, won so many awards at film festivals, including uh, Sundance in Toronto and Venice and AFI and Raindance and you just name it. So... Um, Super, super happy to have her on the uh, show today. She's also served uh, on the board of BAFTA LA, and she has founded um, and serves on the board of the directors for the Artists for Change, which is a 501c3 nonprofit, which has a mission of really raising awareness on key social issues through film. Julia, super happy to have you here. Was that a good intro? <laughs> Fantastic, <laughs> Leslie. Thank you. Okay, so I, I just got to start off. You know, did you always know you wanted to be in entertainment? Did it suck you in? I mean, you're not originally from Hollywood. So how did this manifest for you? Well, I first came to Hollywood when I was about 16. And um, my mother was invited to was good friends with um, this bestseller author, Sidney Sheldon's daughter, Mary, and were, was, we were invited to her wedding. And this we stayed at the Beverly Hills Hotel, and this wedding was incredibly glamorous at this beautiful house, beautiful people. And I thought, wow, I really like this. <laughs> Right. Like, it seems like fun. And then I had a great friend who had um, uh, a sister who, who was a, a commercial producer. And I came out a couple of times with him to stay with her in L.A. after that. And, and she would take us to all these glamorous places and always had a great time. So I always felt like this is somewhere where I want to be. And I, I felt like it was very much a land of opportunity and and I guess I fell into that good old trap of the American dream. And I have to say, I'm, I'm glad it did because it's worked out pretty well for me. Right. Well, I mean, you, you have a huge roster of films you have produced and it's still growing. Um, you're a hyphenate as well, but let's just touch upon the, the producing aspect. You know, what was your first break into producing and and getting that opportunity 
Well, actually, and, and to answer your earlier question uh, uh, a little better as to what got me into this business, I, I started in the business as an actress. I went to drama school. I trained as an actress. I, I actually um, worked a decent amount as an actress. I did a lot of like period um, romance films and um, so a, a couple of like comedy sitcoms and a drama. And I was in a very popular English series called Howard's Way, um, which was a kind of sailing ser- dynasty type sailing series. And then I, I fell into producing kind of by accident because I started reading scripts for various producer friends as a as a pocket money job. And I was very good at it. And they all really liked the notes that I had. And and so I started getting more and more work in that area, you know, doing basically script co- coverage effectively. And then one of the producers that I was doing that for got offered a job running a new company and they were looking for someone to um uh, to 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 head up the the uh, development di- um division they're basically doing coverages and helping to find you know, possible projects for them and asked me if I'd be interested and I thought why not I met with the people I had an interview and and I was allowed to go for auditions so I thought well I got nothing to lose here I was I was in my early 20s and then I I got more and more involved I had beginner's luck with the first project. I identified a book called, for the company called The Fourth Protocol. I didn't know a lot about producing then, but you know, I've always had a practical, common sense approach. You know, my father was an entrepreneur, and I think he always taught us to look at right. You want to do something? Um, what do you need? How you're going to get there? And and so I took that approach to to this project. I found this Freddie Forsyth book, um, The Fourth Protocol, which was a bestseller book. I thought, right, you know, we need um, we the company that I'm working for are putting in half the money. We need a name actor to greenlight the picture, and we need the other half of the money. So what do we do? Who would be good? Michael Caine would be good. I called called his agent. And and it started with the well, my dear, you know you have to make an offer. And I I just said, Well, don't you know what don't you want to know what it is? And he went, Well, what is it, my dear? And I said, It's that Frederick Forsyth bestseller, the fourth protocol. And then there was a silence and he went, Hmm, yes, that is a rather good book. I read it on the plane on my way back. And, and I, I said, I said, well, then you've got to agree it's a good role for your client. And he went, hmm, well, um, tell me a little more. So I said, you know, that we had half the money. I said, you can look up this company, they're for real. And anyway, he ended up sending it in t- to Michael Caine and Michael Caine ended up liking it and, and it all worked out. And then I, I called the, the head of, of a company that was around then called Rank Films that were a UK distribution company. Because again, I thought, right, who's funding films in the, in England? And, and I, you know, met the, the, I'd met them at various film premieres that I'd been invited to as an actress, but I, I didn't really know him very well. And same thing. And I, I set him up a meeting with the people that I worked for and, 
you, you know, after after a lot of negotiation and toing and froing, that ended up all working out. So I've I've always just been, I think, and that's what I I try to say, you know, when I talk to other filmmakers and they say, well, how how am I going to get a film made? It it is almost like looking at it like a military operation. How are you going to get there? Right? What do you need to get your film green lit, or what do you need to kind of conquer the city, as it were? And and um, you know, finding those elements. Right. Well, I mean, that's a very practical, you know, approach, which has worked fabulously well. Doesn't always happen that easily that first time out, which is, you know, you're, you're, you're right. It was just that perfect storm that happened to work out and that just escalated you. But, but I think what you brought to the party was that acting experience, you know, from being able to identify that IP and knowing that this was a really tangible entity for another actor to, to tackle, right? So, yeah, exactly. So, you know, off of off of that, you then pivoted into um, doing more production and and really getting some high profile actors like the Merchant of Venice and and packaging that and putting that together. How did that uh, come about? Well, on, on, on Merchant of Venice, and I, I think as, as you very rightly said, um, Leslie, having an acting background has been a huge asset because bottom line to green light a movie nowadays, you, 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 you've got to have some cast attached because a script at the end of the day, it may be a great script, a great property, but if you don't have talent attachments, it doesn't really have any market value as it were. So, so in terms of, of attaching talent, I think the acting background of, of both understanding what actors look for in material and so developing screenplays that have those elements and also understanding how to talk to actors too has been, has been really helpful. And in relation to Merchant of Venice, um, I actually had the idea of casting Al Pacino because I had met him when he was doing Heat and had dinner with him one night with a, with a couple of the other cast members. And we'd had this long conversation about Shakespeare and he was clearly very passionate about Shakespeare. He'd made a film called Looking for Richard um, and invited me to a screening that he was doing a couple of days later. So I went to see that and I thought, here is someone who loves Shakespeare. And I thought he would be a really interesting choice for um, Shylock, you know, and 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 it, it wasn't that easy to get him because by the time we, we got round to making the film, he changed his, the phone number so the number I had no longer worked and we ended up bringing on Carrie Brockle, who was working with him on a on a play on Broadway, and so you know he was able to to talk with him, and and then it all kind of happened. And you got a lot of uh, critical acclaim off of that. I mean, they did a, a, just a really wonderful and, and marvelous job at at the the acting and and all of this what have you found to be the hardest 
thing to do in producing now, uh, you know, as an independent. I think it, getting a film made is never easy. And that, that's why I always take my hat off to every filmmaker who makes a film on whatever, whatever level, because it's always a challenge, you know, just getting a script right and a script that's ready to go into production with a, you know, story that's engaging, compelling, well-structured, has great roles for, you know, that, that can attract top talent um, is challenging in itself. Then once you've finally got your script right, and, and it, it usually takes a while, you know, it's not an overnight thing. Um, there's there's a reason why there's the phrase script development because it often will take time and you know various readings and getting feedback from various people and workshopping your material before a script is really ready for market. Then you've got to go raise all the funding for it or find a way to fund it. You've got to attach talent. Um, and those things are never easy. You know, getting people to invest in films nowadays is, or a production company to fund it. It is, it is sometimes like, you know, one can feel like you're getting, it's like getting blood out of a stone. But I, you know, I believe that if you're passionate about something, you, you just keep putting out there what you're trying to do and, and, you eventually find the 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 right people for 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 that project and you've been amazingly skilled at that and then not only that but but also venturing into writing so you know i i know you use a lot of your your acting tools that are still in your heart and you do cameos in the stuff you produce, which is, you know, a little secret for those listening in, um, uh, you can, you can spot her doing cameo roles. Um, uh, how did you segue into writing and, and really developing that skill along with your very pragmatic, prudosorial, you know, uh, skill base? Um, I, I kind of fell into acting by accident when I wanted to, to, to make a movie, I used to volunteer at a children's shelter down in the valley, and I met a lot of of um, teenagers you know, who 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 had ended up in that shelter, and a lot of them had been trafficked. And I was really affected by the stories that I heard from some of these young girls who were like fourteen, fifteen years old. It really shocked me. I think in my mind, I'd always known that it went on in third world countries, but I had no idea it was so prevalent in LA. And I, I, I kept meeting, you know, I met a detective who worked in trafficking. I kept meeting people working for various NGOs. And then um, I decided I wanted to make a film, you know, to raise awareness on this issue. And I was looking for scripts. I couldn't really find one that felt right, that, that, that really felt that it had depicted the type of girls that I'd met um, in the children's shelter or, or the stories that I'd, you know, heard about. They were, they were all, all seemed very kind of, you know, B-movie type um, 
stories and I, I wanted to I wanted to make a film that was a little bit more gritty and real. And so finally I thought, right, you know, I okay, I'm gonna give a stab at writing this myself. And I actually I got um uh, a young girl who was working with me who 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 um had just finished doing a, an MFA in writing to to write the first project with me um, called Janet Dodogu, who was very talented, and um, you know we we wrote the, the um, short film together, and then we wrote the feature together, and then and then after that I got the writing bug and I started, you know I knew a good amount about screenplay writing from having developed a lot of movies and so you know I, I I worked on learning more and and reading up a lot on it and doing a few courses and honing my skills and and it, it, you know a lot of it's practice it's in reading you know other people's scripts to get a sense of what works and what doesn't work and and it's it's good. I kind of I, I I I sort of enjoy it. You know, writing can be a little solitary because um, you're sitting on your own. But then then you're not really alone. You're with your characters, getting to know them. And 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 I I can you know sit there for hours, tapping away. And you bring such a a very interesting uh, skew to it because of your understanding of of development and the acting and and so it's a it's enhancing i think your uh, writing having this other kind of skill base to to prop you up on um what do you in i'm just jumping back to um producing before i kind of like move into more writing um what can you what advice can you give uh, let's say a new producer. Um, what's kind of your laundry list of you know these are these are the musts or or this is what you need to do. Really, in today's uh, vast gamut of securing money and finding the right project that attracts talent, I, I would say find a project that you're you you really feel passionately about. Because if you're really passionate to make it, you will find a way to make it and you won't give up. If you're not passionate about it, you probably will. Um, and then I wrote a book called Success in Film that's a basic guide to like how to get your film funded and made. And it actually takes you through all the steps. Because if I went through all the steps, it would probably take me a couple of hours. And I, I used to get a lot of people calling saying, hey, can I come over and pick your brain about producing? And I just finally thought, you know what, let me just put it all down into a book. And then it's there and available to people. And, and, and it's, 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 you know, it's, 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 it's good because it is. It's good. It, it it's good. I've 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 read it, and for those listening in, you can get it on Amazon. So say the name again, just in case they missed it. Success in film. Yeah, um, and it does kind of give you the reader a, more of a, a laundry list, step by step, actionable, um, you know, entities on on 
producing in today's environment. Maybe you can throw out just a, a handful of tidbits um, that you can recall just to kind of get those that may be listening in, a, 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 you know, a little bit more of a grounding on like the big picture items. Sure. I, th I think you have to, to, I think the first thing is to think about, you know, one, to find some material that you're passionate about. Two, think like, you know, what, what are you going to realistically be able to raise? If you're making your first film, um, then you're probably better off with starting off with something that's more of a containable story, can be done on a reasonable budget level. And, and and also get an understanding of the marketplace you're operating in. Because if you've got a script that's going to be a hundred million budget, that's going to be very challenging. And you have to think about, you know, who out there is really going to fund this with me as a first time producer. Um, and, and, and the reality is the studios right now are all very IP driven or comic books, sequels, and remakes, right? They're not really picking up, as far as I can see anyway, a lot of original content, right? So then who are the other companies around that can fund films? Most that, you know, there are a number of companies that will fund the 10 to 20 million budget films, but then you have to get major headline cast to green light those and they, they're developing a lot of projects in-house so if you're bringing a project you really need to have some talent attachments if they don't know you to get them excited right so so that that that's that's all additionally challenging whereas if you have a smaller um, project that can be done on a more reasonable budget then you you have a better chance of, of finding a way of putting it together through um, individual investors, tax credits, incentives, um, uh, friends, family, crowdfunding campaigns, et cetera, et cetera. So it's, it's better to be realistic and think about, you know, what, what do I think that I can attain? right what what with my contact base with the resources i have what am i going to be able to realistically accomplish because it's it's always good to set goals but if you're starting out you you want to set a goal that 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 is is potentially attainable not a goal that is going to be you know so hard to accomplish that you're going to get frustrated and disappointed. You know, many, many a time I have um, people come to me and, and, and ask for help, you know, with, with how can I get my project made? And they sometimes they also, they want to direct and produce the project. And, and I go, your first film? Um, yes, it is. And so it's your first film and the budget is a hundred million, right? Do you, you know, who's your DP? Well, I don't have one yet. Who's your cast yet? All right. Well, now it's very clear to me why for the last eight years you've been bashing your head against a brick wall. Would you maybe be better off 
finding another project that's simpler and more containable that can be done on a budget of half a million or under or maximum a million and under as a first film and then having this project which may well be a fantastic fascinating great project as a second or third project right so it's 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 you know i think i think often people in this business come unstuck through trying to fit a a square peg into a round hole as it were Yeah, without that realistic understanding of of how this works, and 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 that the studios are not going to give a first time. I shouldn't say not. I mean, there's always that you know miracle child that that succeeds, but the likelihood of coming in and bringing in a hundred million dollar project when you've never produced and never directed, you know, at this point, your first time, whatever, is highly unlikely. And your sound advice on starting more tangibly small and then building up in budget as you go um, is great. Um, but you've got this really interesting non-profit that's this 501c3 that it has a mission of raising awareness with these social issues one of which you mentioned uh through film and media and you've currently got a project that's going through the festival circuit that has a very um touchy right subject that's being actually released into the world of theaters near you soon very soon can we talk about like how the nonprofit came into your life and 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 how you've kind of segued that into this current project that's going through sure um and and as you said uh Le- leslie previously never say never anything can happen i'm the first person to say you know it's always worth giving it your best shot but but you, you want to have a backup plan um so, so after, after I um, uh, directed um, my first short film uh, about trafficking, which was called Lost Girls, and we did very well with it. It won a lot of awards, did very well on the festival circuit. It was um, with Marisol Nichols and Bart Paley and Jamie Harris. Um, I got asked to speak at a, 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 at a big conference for nonprofits from all over the world. And, you know, they screened my film and asked me to talk to them about how they could use a similar plan as I'd um, done with with the film on trafficking about their issues. So I did. And then after the event and talking to all these people from different nonprofits, I realized two things. None of them had a budget for, for creating media. And a lot of them had would get kind of grant funding, et cetera, but those grants all had to be used for services, not media. And then also no one in the nonprofits had any any background or, or ability in, in storytelling. So I thought, you know, I'd be always been a great advocate of a film as being a very powerful tool to raise awareness on, on key social issues. And I think at this point in my life, you know, having made... I've actually made, believe it or not, because um, I've made a couple more in the, I think, I think this, uh, since, since films 
I've actually, I've actually produced about 40 films or something now. Um, but but uh, it, it's also, you know, independent filmmaking, you, you know, you often, you, it can be hard to, to, um, to do. And so if I'm going to really put all this effort into, into things, I also want to, now I've gotten to a certain age um, and a certain point in my career, I want to make films that I feel passionate about and that, that I, I feel are actually contributing to the world or contributing to society in, in some way. And so I, I felt that founding a nonprofit could could be useful because that way, if you can get films funded through donations or through 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 grants, and then 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 because you funded them that way, you can both put them films out into mainstream distribution, but also be able to give them to organisations and. NGOs and and institutions to use for education and outreach. So, yeah, of course, however you're raising funding, it's still like pulling blood out of a stone. So, you know, there there is no magic bullet. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's, it 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 has been an enormous amount of work. We're a volunteer-run nonprofit, but. It's also been fascinating, and and I, you know, I am very passionate about what I do, so I don't mind rolling up my sleeves, and and you know, I've I've you know personally put quite a lot of of, of money into, um, but and but that's okay because I, you know, I am very passionate about it, and I think when you take a film, for example, like Blood Diamond look at how that film changed the way that people brought diamonds, you know? And so I, it's, it's, it's exactly, and it changed the way that, you know, a lot of, a lot of diamond companies operated too. So, so that was an incredibly powerful film and it was definitely a film that inspired me on 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 the possibilities of film and what a film you know what the potential of what a film could do and i feel very proud that you know what the last film that i made was used for government training on child trafficking um last year and and with the film that we have coming out as well so as let's her. talk about let's talk about the film coming out so um Tell me the title. I already know the title. Tell me the title and where where this came, how the story came to you. I mean, I know you've had bits and pieces, you know, along your travels, but, you know, where did this materialize for you? Um, the, this, with, with, with the film's called Maya, and the story came to me through um, doing a lot of, like, research and talking to uh, detectives working in trafficking, um, talking to DAs, prosecuting cases, and talking to survivors. And one of the things that that, that I heard a lot was that, that often it's very difficult to get um, survivors of trafficking to testify because of the Stockholm Syndrome, 
type of thing that will often happen between them and their and their tra um, trafficker and the tragedy of that. So that became one of the themes for the film. The other thing that I that I that I learned was that very often um, teenagers got that that were trafficked came from situations where there was domestic abuse going on in the home. So. I I I um created a story that was about it's it's about it's a mother daughter story at the core and it's also about the cycle of abuse. So the Maya, the young teen, is in this in uh, you know her mother Camilla has been left by her, her the you know Maya's father, feeling down on herself and so resorted to drinking pills and got herself into an abusive relationship and so it, it it affects Maya and so it's very easy for an online social media predator to worm their way in to Maya's life you know by responding to her 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 um and and being that friend and being the you know the father figure that she's missing and stepping into that role and, and going telling her oh my god it's so terrible that that's happening in your home i can't believe your mother's doing that i i, I feel for you you know when i went my i went through the same thing with my parents and telling you know just it, it's a manipulation tactic and unfortunately today traffickers are very you know clever they're trained to spot vulnerable teens and 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 now you know since the pandemic the amount of of people being trafficked or or approached by online predators has gone up hugely and, it, and it's scary because we used to think we were safe in our homes right but now you know through these chat rooms through social media platforms anyone can get into your home anyone can get get to your teenager and absolutely so and and they're and they're stalking them they're stalking them on tiktok and and other social media platforms and pretending to be if they're stalking a girl and they're a girl they're pretending to be a guy you know it doesn't really matter how they're hooking them in but it's very very dangerous out there which makes your film stand out no oh, thank you thank you leslie it, it 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 really is and so i think you know by by t um teenagers seeing this film they will get an understanding and hopefully you know when that if if they are unfortunate enough to have that happen to them, they will, the film will stick in their memory and they will tell, a, you know, a parent or an authority figure or a friend if there's someone approaching them online and they're not sure about it or, or you know, won't go to that meeting because that storyline, you know, will stick in their, in their, in their heads. We, we, we have the film coming out, um, in uh, selected cities in cinemas. So it'll be at the Lamley Royal in Santa Monica on January the 26th in LA. Um, and then it'll be on all the VOD platforms at the, at the, uh, from January 26th too. And then we're also going to be doing a series of educational and outreach screenings 
in um, conjunction with the Long Beach Trafficking Task Force around the Long Beach area throughout February. And we're hoping to, we're re currently reaching out to other trafficking task forces and hopefully putting that, a similar program out in other cities kind of all through through America. Right. Um, and and it's an, for those that um, want to see this and you're in LA, you know, jump down to the theater um, at Lemley in Santa Monica and do so. Um, it's limited, so you'll be doing it in certain cities um, spattered across the country. So watch out for the film Maya. Um, and if you do have somebody that you want to get into a helpline, you know, reach out to the nearest um, nonprofit trafficking association so you can you can get help for that person. Um, how? You know, it's a the your film is is really well done. It has a very strong cast. The uh, actress, which we both know, that played your um, um, mother, um, it, you know, just kicked it out of the ballpark on her um, choices and characterizations for this film. It, how strategic was it? Did you when you were casting? for this after you had finished the writing and you were moving into that aspect? Um, Patricia was actually, Patricia Velasquez is a, a really wonderful actress. She was actually the first person that we went to. She's a very passionate individual and does an enormous amount of nonprofit work. And, and, and it, it, we had a wonderful working experience ironically she actually has a daughter called Maya and and so I think this this film was very personal for her you know because because when you when you're a mother and you have a a, a teenage daughter that age the the thought of something like that happening is 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 really horrifying I mean it really is the worst thing that could happen to a parent and and so I think she she had a very strong desire to to come on board and, and make this film with us and 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 hopefully you know help protect teenagers from this happening to them. Mm -hmm. And your young actress, um, how did she come into the the field of uh, casting choices? It, Isabella Feliciano was just fantastic, and it you know it's a difficult role because I needed somebody who was over 18, could, but could play 15, 16, and, and, and be fearless because it, 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 it was a challenging role to play and one has to be ready to go to that slightly dark place, right? And Isabella was, was amazing. You know, we auditioned for a lot of, we auditioned a lot of actors and we, I, I got down, we did the callbacks and we were told she wasn't available. So we did our other callbacks and there were a couple of people who were, who were good, but I didn't feel like I'd found our Maya yet. That, you know, there's one person, everyone's going, oh, just, let's just lock her in. But I, I, you know, you just know these things in your gut. And so I said to Laura, you know, who works with me, who was an associate producer on the project, 
I said, Laura, let, let, let me just have a look at the, the casting tapes of the people that I liked again. And, and I, I, I looked through them and I, I pinpointed Isabella's and I said, what happened to this one? And, and Laura said, oh, they said she wasn't available. And I said, do we know why? Um, but no. So I called her manager and I said, you know, we wanted her to come for a callback. What, 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 why was she, is she not available? And it turned out there were only two days she wasn't available for a shooting period because she was graduating college. So I said, I said, listen, you know, I really liked it. It was really good. If you're coming for a callback, um, if, 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 I think she's our Maya. We'll I'll find a way to work it out. And 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 you know, she came for a call back and she just knocked it out of the park. And and Patricia came in actually while she was doing the call back and she came in and she quietly sat on the stairs. And when when Isabella finished the audition, Patricia came out and we just looked at each other and we knew we'd found uh um Maya. <laughs> and she did an amazing job for you. Um, definitely. Um, you are finishing, um, you are, you are, um, uh, 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 doing the, the marketing and distribution and, and, and you're going into a limited theatrical release on this and, and going into the, uh, streaming network. So where do you see yourself in the next five years? Oh my goodness, Julia, what, world haven't you conquered <laughs> well i i uh, um i i just i've got another film in post that i directed um a, a, which is a story about five different individuals who for various reasons end up on the streets experiencing homelessness and how they bond together and form a family to survive against all the challenges that they face it's a very heartwarming story um, called No Address. I also co-directed a documentary called Americans with No Address, and those two will be coming out later on in the year. And then I'm just finishing off a script about um, the, the the perils of, of fentanyl and, and, the, and the kind of opioid crisis, as it were. So... Um, more to come on that. I'm sure. I'm sure we'll hope you're doing that at your festival next year, Leslie. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So, last question: What bit of advice have you learned through your travels that you can share and go? Gosh, you know, if I had known that years ago, that would have been so helpful that you can share with our listeners to to just keep, to keep in a positive state of mind. You know, and and to to really care for it, it really is in life. It's like mind, body, and soul. You know, and you, you you you. I think to be a good filmmaker, you have to take an interest in what's going on in the world and what's going on around you, and and go to see other films, go um to art exhibitions, look at art. You know, paintings can inspire you stories, people that you meet can inspire you, um, things that you see can inspire you. And, and, and you have to find a way, too, to keep your joie de vie and optimism going. So I do a lot of, um, you know, personally, I do a lot of kundalini yoga. I find walks, being out with nature, 
Because um, it, it all kind of, it keeps you clear-headed and inspired, you know, and and what you don't want to happen, you don't want to, the, the grind aspect of the business to get you down. So if you want to have longevity in this business, which I personally do, find things that you're passionate about and and take good care of yourself emotionally, spiritually and physically. And have fun. You know, I think, I think well, it, it's important. I mean, at this point in my life, I really want to work with people that I feel have a talented and but also have integrity and are good people. You know, life is too short. If for any reason a film doesn't happen, I want to at least have enjoyed the journey. You know what I mean? So, so it's life is a, is is a gift, and you you you. I've lost so many wonderful, uh, talented friends recently. It, it's you, you know I was just helping on this movie that that my partner was producing, and the lead actor was just killed in a car crash, and absolutely tragic. On the way back to to um, shoot, shoot the, the 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 last day, um, absolutely tragic, and 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 was very young, you know, vibrant, full of life, and so we just don't know, you know. So we've got to make the most of the time that we have on this planet. Absolutely, and live day by day. Thank you so much uh, for coming on Best in Fest. And for all those that want to uh, look for Maya, go on to which cinema for uh, it's Lemley in Los Angeles. And then where can they find where else it's going to screen? The, the, the Lamley Royal in Santa Monica in LA. And then if they go to our website, artists for, and that's the number for change.org. We have a listing on the, the website of all the places the film can be seen. So that's artist4change.org. Excellent. Thank you so much. Um, you've been listening to Julia Verdon um, on Best in Fest. And for those that want to see the video component, you can do so on the La Femme uh, channel on YouTube. And don't forget to rate us, like us, uh, gives us a thumbs up and pass us on to your friends. Thank you so much for joining me on Best in Fest. Thank you.